Hey, inside of your uh, program, there's a blue pamphlet. It says Advent on it. You want to look at it if you like, but uh, it's a trifold thing. And we don't, we're not a very formal church. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> but there are some things that are deeply rooted in me and Karen in particular that bring us back to connection with the whole rest of the church because we are, we are a part of God's church. You get that, right? That just because we're doing stuff our way doesn't mean that it's the better way. We're just, it just makes sense for us to do it this way. We're connected with all of God's church and all the other cars that are parked in all the other parking lots around the world today claiming the name of Jesus. And one of the things the church does, capital C, is they celebrate seasons. Maybe you've heard of Lent. Yeah, yeah. Some of you from more formal backgrounds. Another season is Advent. And it's the season right before Christmas. Advent means coming. And so it's talking about the first coming of Jesus. So that's what Advent means. And so for many years, uh, Karen and I have, during the Sundays of Advent, we've circled our kids around a dining room table or a living room coffee table or something. We had some some kind of Advent wreath, which has candles on it, four candles and maybe a candle in the center. And on Sunday nights, we just got together and and uh, we would just, it was very simple. We'd say, and we'd say, let's do Advent. And they all knew what that meant. And we'd come and kids would take turns who got to light a candle. You know, that was a big deal when they're short, right? Uh, after a while, then you can't even get them to take out the trash. But it's a big deal to light a candle. And, and, uh, we would just celebrate one candle has a different meaning each Sunday. And we would read a little bit of the Bible and we'd sing a song, you know, Joy to the World or something like that. that and uh, we'd pray. And I think I've shared with you that one of the great struggles I always faced as a father was trying to bring some sort of consistent spiritual leadership into our house with five kids ranging in ages, you know, 11 years apart. It's, it's hard. And this was one thing that we always found that everybody was willing to do, and we had some other little things we attached to it, but it was fun. And so several years ago, we thought we'd print this up for you, and this is, this is a guide. If you want to do something like this, you can do this all by yourself if you're flying solo these days. You can do this with your family. You could, have, you could do this as a home group, life group. You could do all kinds of things you could do with this, and there's a very simple guide. And the first Sunday of Advent is next Sunday. And so we didn't want that to sneak up on you. So stick this in your Bible. And if this looks like something you'd like to do, that's what that's for. Okay? You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Well, happy Thanksgiving. I love the pulse of society. I love the pulse. I love the heart rate of society. You know, it just, sometimes we're just still and. In spite of so many ways that we've turned away from the Lord as a culture, there are still certain punctuation marks in our society that are still there that give people opportunity to come back to God, right? Thanksgiving is definitely one of those times. It just causes people, you don't have to go to work. You know, I know we don't have to go to work. I know we overeat. I know those are all part of our traditions and stuff like that. But it creates kind of a comma in our lives. It just gives a little breath mark gives us a chance to say thanks. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming. It's not the same if you don't come. 
I mean, if I were the only one here this morning, it wouldn't be the same. I want to thank you for coming and calling this your church home, working through whatever obstacles you have to do to stick with that. I get that. Thank you. And I want to thank you for serving. I want to thank those of you who regularly go back in those classrooms and take care of short ones. Wonder if I'm ever going to stop preaching out here, you know, when you're back there. Are they singing another song? I don't know what you do back there for sure, but thank you. I want to thank you for all that you do. I want to thank those of you who come in full bulletins on Wednesday mornings and stand at the doorways and welcome people. And I want to thank you for the ones that come and dig in the dirt out here and pull the weeds with Tiffany. And I want to thank you guys, the ones who break down chairs on Sunday mornings, set them back up on other days of the week. I want to just thank you for those of you who lead life groups and have various ministries. I want to thank you for those of you who go out and feed the homeless, who go on mission trips. I want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your service. I'm grateful for that. That's not lost on me. I don't know what anymore what everybody's doing as an individual because there's too many of you, but thank you. And I want to thank you for your giving. I want to thank you for writing checks. It makes my life easier. It makes my life easier. I put my head down on the pillow at night and know that we have 12 people on staff now, 12 hungry mouths to feed. I come in here and they're all circle around me like little birds. And know that, you know, we have light bills to pay and children's curriculum to buy. And, and of all things, we have children in India and Brazil. We have children around the world we're supporting, Nicaragua. We have children. We have wells we're drilling in India. We have all these things that are happening because you write those checks. That's not lost on me either. Thank you. I also want to just slow down enough to thank you for praying or lots of you who pray. You just pray. Oh, God, help him. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> help him. Thank you. Thank you for praying for this place and all that we're doing. Thank you. And thank you for those of you who kind of go that distance in making prayer a big part of your ministry. That, you know, I thank everybody who prays. There's some of you who have that gifting and that stirring of intercession in you. You, you do it. You do it as part, you do it as unto the Lord and you collect in little groups and big groups and you pray. You walk the wall and you pray. And this is such a big part of it's really the explanation for the place. This is just a prayer meeting that started in a living room and got out of control. Thank you. So thank you for, for all of that. Because it's not just me who thanks you guys for what you do and what you give how you pray. It's, it's not just me. I want you to think of some parents in this room right now who are so thankful that you went back there and taught in the children's ministry because their kids turned out okay. Their kids caught some of that. Thank you. Think about those people in this room. Maybe they'll never have an opportunity to tell you. So think about that. I want you to think about homeless people in the homeless camps here in the city that some of you have gone to. I want you to think about how thankful they are that you did that. I want you to think about how thankful people are in the villages of India. How many wells have we dug, Karen? 20, I've forgotten the number because they're always in play. So we're over 20, 20 wells that have been dug in India in these, in these remote villages. And it's just impossible to describe. I was talking to my friend Atul Pandey this week, and he's, he's, 
he's Indian, it doesn't show. But uh, we were talking about how hard it is to describe India. And some of you have been with us, you get that, right? But to describe somebody who, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, but is going to a well today, and they're pumping water into a jug that they're carrying back to their place, and that their baby's not going to die because they have safe water. Think about how thankful they are to you. Just think, and, and that's, just, that's just sort of my, the example I love to give because I've seen it so much with my eyes. But I want you to just to think about people. I want you to think about 15 girls who live in a children's home in India, Bangalore, that you built. You built. Nobody helped you with that. You built it. I want you to think about how thankful they are. And they're probably not running around going, oh, I'm so thankful for those people in Grove City. But they're thankful for They know. They know where their, where their lives would be if their lives would still be. I want you to just think about that. And can we just kind of rest in the thanks because you deserve to be thanked. You've done well. And I want to just thank you guys for that. So we're talking about Thanksgiving today. The most thankful person I ever, I have ever known was a man named Everett Carncross. Anybody know? You don't know Everett. Everett Carncross was the farmer down the road from where we lived in Michigan. And... Uh, when I was in high school, I lived in Michigan, and I loved the farming thing. It's where I got the bug for farming. It was so amazing. And one of the things you guys, many of you know, is in the summer, on the hottest possible days of the summer, you do something called haying, where you cut the hay in one day, and you let it dry, and you rake it with another machine, and then you come with another baler, and you get 50, 60-pound bales that you then load onto a wagon, and then you put them in the barn, which is the hardest part of the whole thing, Just put them in the barn. And uh, if you're lucky, you have something called a hay elevator that looks like that little contraption going up there. And you can see the wagons pulled up. Well, on the other end of that elevator is something called the hay mow. Yeah. And that's up. And as the, you know, you start on the floor, but as you start putting hundreds of bales in there, it just gets higher and higher and higher. And what happens in the summertime when it's so hot and it's so humid, as it gets higher, the airspace gets less and less and less. And so that thing comes, those things come off of that, those things come off of that elevator, thunk, and then you take it over to wherever you're putting the next bale, thunk. And the chaff, that's the dust, is sticking to you everywhere. It's in your nose, it's everywhere. And it's, nobody wants to go up in the mow. Everybody has to take their turn up in the mow, but you try to get there early. The first loads rather than the last loads. Robert Carncross was a man who was probably, he had to be in his 80s then, wasn't he? 100, maybe? He was old. He was in his 60s. He was old. Boy, he's old. It's Lawrence, Lawrence Carncross's dad, you know? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, so you know. And uh, he had a farm, and he was an old-time farmer. He was 105, and he was up there, and he would always want to go up in the mow. And you had to kind of fight him not to go up in the mouth because he knew that was the worst place to be. He'd go up in the mouth. And here was the thing about Everett. He was so thankful for everything. And this is the way he lived his life. He's a good Christian man, thankful for everything. He was the sweetest man you ever meet. When you put the bale on the elevator, don't look up at Everett. Because with every single bale, he will say, thank you. Now, you could be doing a 1,000 bales in a couple of days. 
And if you looked at him, he would say a thank you a thousand times for every single. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You got the easy job, relatively speaking. <laughs> Thunk. Thank you. This is how he lived his life, with a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of thankfulness. This guy, this guy knew the Lord. I wasn't knowing the Lord yet, so that whole thing was a puzzle to me. How this guy could be this way? took me years to learn why he was that way. He was so grateful for everything God had done in his life. He was thankful. There's so many places we could go in the Bible today to talk about Thanksgiving. Certainly the Psalms are filled with it. Jesus gave parables about it. But one of the most concise places we can go is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, to see something about Thanksgiving. And Paul makes a statement here in 1 Thessalonians 5. You know the way you're reading these letters from Paul? And he kind of he does things in the beginning and the end that are sort of similar to the other letters. Oh, by the way, this and that. And by, they're sort of by the ways. Have you noticed that? And this comes as one of those by the ways. He's just saying, oh, I'm getting ready to sign off here. So by the way. And he says something in a couple of verses that have changed my life. And he says... Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know God's will for your life? Sometimes people go, oh, I don't know, I'm just waiting on God's will. Here it is. Be joyful always, pray continuously, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, says the King James. This is the will of God for you. To do what? To be joyful always, to pray continually, and in everything give thanks. This, the Bible says this is the will of God for you. You know, people get fussy about what's the will of God for me. Let me tell you what. When you develop that as a lifestyle, as the basic foundation of the will of God for your life, the decisional aspects of the will of God will flow like a river. They'll, I'm not saying there won't be sometimes defining moments where you go, I've got to get apart, I've got to fast and pray, I've got to seek the Lord on this. But I'm saying, generally speaking, if you develop this as an understanding, the foundational aspects of God's will for you, be joyful always, pray continuously, and in everything give thanks. The rest of the will of God stuff You'll, you'll discover you've made the right decision after you've made it. Hey, how about that? It's the will of God. In everything give thanks is part of the will of God for your life. Now, there's a very important preposition there, isn't there? In everything give thanks. And it doesn't say for everything give thanks. Some of you have some nasty stuff going on in your life, and you're going, that bugs me when you say that, tall, bald guy. That bugs me. When you say in everything, give thanks. You don't know what I'm going through. And you're right. I don't know what you're going through. But I'm not saying for everything, give thanks. That's, that's going to be up to you. There are lots of people in this very room who have been through threatening situations. And they've passed through it. And they say stuff to me, weird stuff. Like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm like, man, that just blows my mind to hear you say that. Afterwards, they have a decision about whether or not to be thankful for that. 
But there is no decision at any time in our lives whether or not we're going to be thankful in it. In it. In the midst of it. And I think there's some connection in this. If you want the season to finish its work, be thankful in it. This is one of God's lessons for us. Be thankful in it. There's something in there. There's something in your pile that you can be thankful for. Last week, as I was bringing that message on the power of praise, I touched some nerves, man. That was cool. Some of the emails, the chatter was strong this week. And positive. It was, and from, from lots of different people, from people who are just getting going with Jesus and from some people who have been going with Jesus for a long time. And one of the things that I consistently got back was a thank you for the praise Thanksgiving distinction, the distinction between giving praise and thanks. And I, I said it so quickly, I, never, I didn't even know anybody was listening. It was just bam. The distinction between praise and thanksgiving. So I'd just like to take two minutes to develop that for you to help you develop this life of thanksgiving in everything, okay? Praise versus thanksgiving. Well, on the, on the left side of the slide, praise. We praise God for who he is. We praise God for who he is. He is something. He is someone. We praise God for who he is. That doesn't change. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. He's eternal. He's the same. God is something, and it doesn't change what he is, no matter what our circumstances are. On the good days, when we feel like praising him, he's still the same. On the terrible, terrible, terrible days, the terrible days that some of you have had, God is still the same God, and you can praise him for who he is. You say, yeah, but I don't like what he's doing. We're not there yet. We're not talking about what he's doing. We're talking about who he is. Struck a chord last week. I could see the Holy Spirit just dig into lots of you when I said that you can always praise God because praise is never about you. Praise is never about you. Never. You're confusing it with thanksgiving. Praise is never about you. Ever. There is nothing about you. Nothing about you. Nothing about you that is a part of God, what we praise God for or me. I don't say that as a condemnation, but as a clarification. We can always, always, always praise God because it's about Him. It's about His eternal attributes. Is God holy? Yeah, God's holy. Is He righteous? Is God sovereign? Is God powerful? Whether He does anything or not, does God have power? See, these, these are just examples of the eternal attributes of God. And they're the same on any day of your, your week, any day of your life. They're the same. They don't change. And so we can always praise Him. Is it easier to praise Him on your way home from getting the raise or the big bonus than on the day you're going home with the pig slip? Of course it is. But it doesn't change God's eternal attributes, His essential character. God's essential character is that He is faithful. That's part of His character. He's faithful. You say, yeah, but I'm not liking the way he's being faithful to me. We're not there yet. That's Thanksgiving. We're not there yet. He is faithful. God is loving. This is part of his character. He's loving. Yeah, but I'm not crazy about the way he's loving me. We're not there yet. Stop. Quit arguing with me. God is slow to anger, the Bible says. 
These are, these are essential character qualities of God that are true, Kevin, on any day of your life. They don't change. And they form the basis of our praise. They form the, the foundation of our praise, the substance of our praise. Does that make sense? Say, but it's a terrible thing going on. Well, let's go to the other side. What's thanks? Thanksgiving is expressing gratitude for what God has done. What he's done. It's separate. It's a cousin, maybe, to praise, but it's not the same. It's expressing gratitude for what God has done. God's expressions of love to you. And if you look at the pile in front of you, and whether it's a nice pile or a poopy pile right now, when you look at the pile in front of you, I don't think you can say that there is no expression of God's love in that pile. There's no, nothing, nothing. Can't say it. It's God's acts of favor toward you. You say, yeah, but I need more favor. Okay, okay, I totally concede that. But you're saying there's nothing in your pile right now that you would say, That's, there's, there's God's favor toward me right there. It's not all that I need, but there's an example did Jesus Christ die on the cross for you? Did he? Talk to me, church. Did Jesus Christ voluntarily give his life on the cross for you, shed his blood? Did he do that for you? Well, that's something he's done for you. That's his love toward you. That's his favor toward you, correct? That's in your pile. I get it that sometimes that's about the only thing you can think of to thank him for, but it's in your pile. If it's not in your pile, you've got a whole other problem, and it's serious. You've got to come to the place of knowing Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross, what he's done for you on the cross. When that's in your pile, it makes sense how you see some of these crazy Christians go through the most heinous circumstances and in everything giving thanks, right? Are they thanking God for their divorce? Are they thanking God for their cancer? Are they thanking God for their unemployment? No, they're not thanking God for it. They're thanking God that in the midst of it, they know that he died for them. They know that the worst possible thing, and it would be terrible, is that I could die and go to heaven. But that's the worst thing that could happen. Nothing can take that away. And this is an important distinction, because when we read this, that it, God said, you know, the Bible says that God's will for you is that in, in everything give thanks. You can always praise him, but what, what do you thank him for? Just keep digging through the pile. Just, you know... You know what Karen's favorite saying is? She says, there's got to be a pony in this pile of poop somewhere. (laughs) There's got to be one in there, right? She's so spiritual. (laughs) She's right, too. (laughs) You just keep digging. There's something, listen. There's something in there. There is something in there. I don't feel like giving thanks even for that. All right, I get that, that you're hurting badly. But if you want to get out of the hurt, give him thanks for something you see in there. In the midst of any and every set of circumstances, there is something for which you can be thankful. Keep going backwards until you find it. Sometimes you go, I don't like where I am. I don't like where we are. Bless you. Just keep going backwards. Just keep going backwards. Keep keep. Going backwards in the file to the place where you go, now that's where I liked where we were. There's something 
And what is it that what what do you have up here that you're just not seeing that you brought with you? Something for which to be thankful. And just be thankful for that. Do not fall prey to this false teaching that you're supposed to give God thanks for your cancer or your bankruptcy for your divorce. That's false teaching. That's it's empty, empty positive thinking. Why would you give thanks for that? But you give thanks in it. Make sense? Okay. And if nothing comes to mind, if you just can't, you say, I just, I just can't really think of anything to, praise, to thank him for, then praise him. Shift over to praising him. Okay? Shift over to praising him and watch what happens. Because there's a praise and thanksgiving cycle I want to show you here next. That when you praise God, when you praise God, it releases what from last week? Power. When we praise God, in spite of circumstances, when we praise God for who he is, irrespective of our circumstances or what we think we're coming to God for, just praise him, it releases his power. We saw that in several places in the Bible. Now, when his power is released, his favor is expressed toward us, his love is shown to us, we experience that, and then we have something to thank him for, yeah? Well, when then we get thankful, it's an automatic return to, I just got to praise the Lord. It's a vicious cycle. Just keep going round and round and round and round and round. Sometimes we get stuck in there somewhere. We get so focused on something on the power circle, and we say, "I just need, I just need God to do something." Admitted, uh, agreed. Okay, get off of that circle. Thank Him for something. Praise Him for who He is. See a release of His power. And if you want any of this to happen, you have to bring something. You have to bring faith. You have to bring your faith to the praise circle. You've got to bring your faith to the praise circle. Listen, your faith is not an experiment. It's a commitment. The release of your faith saying, I believe, I believe, I believe that there's a God who is hearing my praise. That's not an experiment like, oh, let's see if the guy's right. Let's praise him, see what happens. No, you praise him. You praise him like he's standing in front of you. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it's okay to be praising God in anticipation of the reward. Catch this. We don't praise God solely because something good's going to happen. But I think it's perfectly all right to praise him in anticipation of something happening because that's faith. I would praise God, I believe, in any and every circumstance. It's true, some days are easier than others, and some things that could happen to me could cause me to find it more difficult to praise Him. But I believe that I would praise Him in any and every circumstance in anticipation of the release of the blessing, that He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. But it's an earnestness, isn't it? It's not experimental. Eh, let's sing a couple songs and see what happens. No. Let's let it go. Release it. Stay with it. You got a devil to slay. Okay. You know the one thing for which we can always give thanks is our salvation. The devil himself can't take that away. The Bible says that nobody can snatch you out of his hand. Okay, one more point. I'll let you go get ready to eat turkey or whatever you're getting to do in the next four days. <laughs> Gratitude is a symptom of a healthy relationship. Gratitude is a symptom of a healthy relationship. 
You know, I couldn't find a more recent photo of Karen and me, so I had to go back a couple of years to get this. But, but gratitude is a symptom of a healthy relationship. Symptomatic of people who are in healthy relationship is gratitude. This is key. Because I'm not just saying it's God's will for you to do it. I'm saying living in a dynamic, healthy relationship with God is going to release gratitude. It's all part of the program. Where there's no gratitude in a relationship, I think one should take stock of the health of the relationship. And say, what's what's going wrong here? I'm not grateful for you. I'm not grateful for you. What's going wrong here? When we consistently abide in a healthy relationship with God, then thanksgiving flows as a natural result. And if there's no nat- if you're saying, I just, I just am not thankful to God, one of the things I want you to do is take stock of what's going wrong with the relationship. Not why are you such a scurvy person that you can't get it together and give God some thanks for something. But say, what's, what's, what's broken? What's gone wrong here? in my connection with God through His Son, Jesus, that I'm not naturally, naturally grateful. There are three prepositions that I want you to think about with respect to giving thanks, and the first one is to. You know, if I could just use being married to Miss America as my example, I'm thankful to her. I thank her for stuff. It's a healthy relationship. Okay? I've taught her a lot over 40 years. She's finally kind of... Kind of coming into line. It's pretty good. And I'm thankful to her. I'll express my thanksgiving and she to me. Thank you. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. That's two. There's also another level, and that's thankful for. You're thankful for her. You, you brothers know what I'm talking about? You're thankful for her. Not just to her, but you're thankful to something for her. You live in a in a sense of thanksgiving for, right? And then there's another level of thanksgiving that I think is so key, and that's thankful with. When you share in a relationship where you're thankful with them for stuff that's outside of you. You know, when the kids were growing up, we had five kids at home, and Church was real tiny, so I wouldn't make any money. I'm a high cotton now, but so don't worry about me. But uh, you know, we'd go to the grocery store every other Monday because I got paid every other Sunday, didn't I, Gary? Every other Monday, we'd go to the grocery store, go to the Meyer store up on Cleveland Avenue. We still lived up in Westerville, and we would go. Kids would be in school. We'd go. And I, I remember very distinctly on so many, many, many occasions putting the mushroom soup in the cupboard, putting whatever, the noodles, putting the cereal in the cupboard. And Karen and I connecting in a moment, not like out loud, like, oh, let's sing a song. But I mean, in a, in a sense of, of abiding moment, an abiding moment of thanksgiving to God for the ability to put this stuff in the cupboards, knowing our kids were going to eat, we were going to eat. Small thing, but it was real. It was strong. It's, a, it's an unbreakable connection that Karen and I now have in the sense of thanksgiving with one another, right? Well, these things are available with God. 
You, think, you can give him thanks. Thank you to him. God, thank you. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for whatever else is in your pile that you understand to be a result of his love and favor. Thank you to him. But you can also move just to some general sense of, I'm thankful for you, God. I'm just thankful for you. That's kind of a praise, isn't it? I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful that you're there. In spite of what I'm thankful. But one of the coolest things you can do, and keep pressing in if this has never happened, keep keep praying, keep developing the spiritual disciplines, is having times of being thankful with God. When you're in the company of the Lord, and you're just thankful with him, and you're not sitting with him as his equal, I don't mean that, but you have something going on where you're looking at something, and together you sense that thankfulness. And that's what I have with God for you. This morning, early this morning, early, praying out here in the dark, praying for you all, praying for the church, praying for the services, out there on the wall. It was cool because it was 13 degrees, my dashboard set on the way in, and had my jacket on, of course. I'm out there. Every step in that mulch was crunchy, crunch, crunch. Felt like I was eating cereal or something. You know, you can feel that through your whole head when you take a bite of Captain Crunch or something or tricks. And I was out there just walking, and I was giving thanks to God. And I sensed his presence so near and had that experience again of being thankful with him. That's wicked awesome. That's what you want. That's what you're going for. If you already have that, some of you know, you said, you're right. If that's a longing of your heart, just keep Keep, keep giving thanks. Keep rendering praise. Okay? That's about all I got to say about this. Seamless transition for the band to come. <laughs> Are you thankful this morning? Me too. Try something. I want you to dial up something for which you're thankful in your head. Get something specific. I'm going to count to three. I want you to say it out loud. If you can't say it loud, loud, whisper it. But try to make a word out of it, okay? One, two, three. Okay, there you go. Well, one of the things that we all can give thanks to God for is our salvation. Is that the Lord has come and he's made a way for us to be saved. For all of our sins to be forgiven, yeah? For us to go to heaven later? I just, uh, as I was praying about what we should do now, We'll give an opportunity for prayer as you go. I'll bring some prayer ministry people up so we won't overlook you. I thought how cool it would be if we could just sit. Sit where you are. Imagine this is our Thanksgiving table. We could just give thanks to God for something 